This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Folks, remember to check out our podcast. Subscribe using your favorite podcast platform. You can listen to the show in its complete version when we toss on the audio vanity card. Today, Ramya supplies us with that. And that's at the end of the full show podcast. But hey, man, if you have your favorite segment and you would rather listen that way, just check that out. We, we can accommodate you. We have the show also posted in segment form. While you're in there, if you don't mind, give us a rating and review. I'm Kelly McDonald at the Home Studio, London, Ontario. Grant Hardy joining me today, co-hosting on the program, and he's at the Home Studio in Vancouver. And from her home studio, Edmonton, Alberta, we also have Beth Thier with us on the program. We call this segment Cut for Time, folks. And we reflect every week on some of the conversations that we've had and taken part in. We call the segment Cut for Time. And here's a place for us just to add a little additional comments or feelings or thoughts and kick it around a little bit. Uh, we'll share a little bit bit of clips for you. I want to start with Tuesday's Voices segment, guys. We spoke with Know Your Rights contributor, Danielle McLaughlin. Here she is talking about some of the high-profile people that she's met. Well, um, I've, I've been very fortunate to meet wonderful people. When I was working at the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, they had a very large uh, board of directors. They still have a very large board of directors. In fact, I was... Uh, on a meeting with a a, um, a board within the, the Civil Liberties Association yesterday, and I think there were 40 or so people on. But there were a lot of um, politicians, and I was reminded when, um, sadly, Ed Broadbent passed away this past week that I had met him. Uh, he was a charming and kind person, I had met uh, Stanfield, Robert Stanfield, a name that you don't hear very much any longer, but he, both he and Ed Broadbent have been called the finest prime ministers Canada never had. Um, <laughs> they, they were uh, leaders of the opposition, and they were people who were true gentlemen. When I was a, a kid, I used to love watching the parliament, you know, just, just watching what went on anytime it was on the news. I tried to understand and learn a lot. I was a huge Pierre Elliott Trudeau fan as a child. I felt it was more in my life than probably young people feel today, knowing our leaders and stuff. Watching Mulroney um, and, and, you know, and, and Ed Broadbent banter, watching them get along, talking, and just what we would see was always fun, and, and, and that to me. They were for the party. Um, now I find we get a little more of that individualism and you hear us talk sports and get annoyed that the referees have something to do with the game or certain players make it, it it's about them. And that's always been part of, we see more of that in politics now, but back then it was definitely about the party, but also, you know, these people had a, a charisma, a character. Um, I had the chance to meet John Turner and, you know, it was so wonderful to sit down, talk to him, did an interview for an AMI, a former program we used to have on AMI-audio years back. Um, and we were talking about the flags and it was just wonderful to settle back and the time they had. I've heard the stories about people sitting down uh, in a food court in Montreal and long would come after his uh, tender as prime minister would come Pierre Elliott Trudeau pick up his food, and ask, do you mind if I sit down at your table? Oh, oh no, sir, sure. Uh, or the other way around. 
he'd be in there and people have mentioned going over and asking, oh, uh, you know, Mr. Prime Minister, may I sit down with you? And he had time to talk, especially his beloved Montreal Canadians and stuff like that. So I, I hear these stories and I love that kind of stuff probably more than I do during their tender, serving the, the you know, their, their work, whether it's as prime minister or party leader. Um, I really find that stuff really embracing. And as a child, it made me interested in the people in a different way than even as an adult um, that I would find I'm interested. I mean, yes, yes, of course, I trusted them more. Oh, not one of them would ever tell a fib. Right. You know, not one would ever break a promise. Right. That's what it seemed to me, Grant, back then as that naive child. And I kind of liked that. Yeah, I think that you're correct in a way that maybe people are becoming a little bit more individualistic now. I feel like enough has kind of happened where I don't want to say trust has been kind of irre irrevocably destroyed. <laughs> That's not the case. But I do feel that people are just more, more stressed out and more... Uh, ambivalent maybe distrustful of our governments now because oh, just oh. the the economy things happening with the economy we have access to so much more information now so it's kind of easy to cross-reference stuff and find out you know we, oh uh they didn't do exactly what they said they were going to do uh, i i definitely find that it's less about sort of being loyal to a party for me and more just kind of like okay who is going to sort of represent the the few things that really affect me or the things that I'm really passionate about. Uh, but I definitely find, uh, Beth, uh, that for me, I'm, I guess, more attached to non-governmental organizations, civil rights organizations, stuff mm -hmm. like that. But the, the government... I have to agree I just with don't that. know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that, Grant. Like, Kelly, I love the fact that you can, like, sit here and, like, tell us these stories. Like, I think that's uh -huh. awesome. But, like, for me personally, like politics people in politics straight over my head danielle <laughs> however i could sit and listen to her talk for ages like she is so fantastic and her segments i just get so so sucked in and yeah i just think danielle is awesome and she always brings us like such interesting stuff that I like wouldn't have even thought to question. But the fact that she was on Voices the other day and was actually able to talk about herself, like the fact she was a dancer, who knew? I had no idea that she used to be a dancer back in the day. And obviously now she loves swimming and she'll go swimming mm -hmm. when it's like two degrees in the water. I'm like, <laughs> oh my goodness, I would not do that. <laughs> <laughs> So now switching to Thursday, uh, Mary Mamalidi stopped by and talked about some food trends that are making waves this year. So here she is telling us about that now. Projected for 2024 are culinary combinations and melty mashups, which honestly I am looking forward to <laughs> because they sound so good. Melty always says cheese to me. Yep. Right. So this year we're going to let our curiosity run wild. And I want you to mash your two favorite cheesy dishes together. So right now, trending, cheeseburger tacos, right? So this means soft tortillas. They're filled with all the fixings of a hamburger, including the ketchup and the mayo. 
give it a shot, never know. Uh, or maybe keeping your fingers clean with gummy candy kebabs. Or my new favorite, oh. honestly, my new favorite mashup is carbonara ramen, right? Why not just mix that up? And then maybe try a burger quesadilla or a pizza pot pie, right? Just get ready. 2024, it's a kitchen revolution, right? It's, it's like I said, creativity takes the lead, finding simple, exciting ways to give a fresh twist on some of our favorite homemade dishes. I always leave Mary's segments so inspired about like what I want to create. And she really made me think yesterday about food trends and one that sticks out to me that I feel like has actually kind of stuck around and I don't know if you guys remember this at all but it was when people started making uh like wraps or like they'd put tortillas and they would kind of set it into quarters where they would have like their meat their cheese their veg and then they would kind of fold it up into a triangle almost and then they'd put it in the toaster and toast it do you guys remember that no, but it sounds actually good. <laughs> it was so good, and yeah. I was obsessed with it for the longest time. <laughs> um, but it's like it is something that's kind of stuck around. It's something that I still do every once in a while. But yeah, Mary really made me think about random food trends. And another one was that like custard toast. Did you did you guys see that where you'd kind of like squish the oh. center of your bread, and then Ooh. you'd fill it with like I think it was like egg and jam i think you'd like mix it together and then you'd put it in the oven for a few minutes and it oh would kind gosh. of make like this custody toast sorry patronus decided to get up and shake about um mm -hmm. if you could hear that but he's yeah it, just, it really toast. made me think he is wow. he's, he's on the hunt for custard toast i will say that was one that i don't it was a really great idea i don't know if i did it wrong but it was one that I wasn't as in love with as the as the tortilla ones. Do you guys have any random food trends that you remember, Kelly? Mm. Mm. I, I can't say as I do. I probably certainly partook in things that people would say, hey, I, I mean, I I always go on about my favorite dessert, the thing that's so blatantly easy to do is waffles and ice cream. And I always Yum. laugh because people say to me, Kelly, what's the big deal about it? And in my head, I'm not a, I've never been a vanilla ice cream person. I found it boring, but you have to use vanilla ice cream to make the waffle and ice cream. I don't know why. It's the way it interacts and stuff like that. I absolutely love it and go through that trend once in a while. Jeez. I should have one of those. Other than that, I don't necessarily feel, probably I've caught onto a food and said, hey, this is kind of cool. Um, I did note yesterday the the way things cycle around. Pineapple, Mary was saying, so big mm -hmm. this year, we can expect a lot. And I got thinking back to mango. And I love mango years ago. So when it started to become that thing, whether it was a jam, whether it was just fresh mango, or people using it and having it or cooking with it, it just, to me, Grant, became something so enjoyable so fresh and when you talk certain foods and i love my heavy foods but i certainly feel it afterward but when you talk fruit and cold stuff like that and the right salad in the summertime wow that just goes right through you like we were talking about those uh snake plants mm -hmm. always learn a fresh. lot from always learn a lot from mary and super interesting to learn about some cool new food trends one really weird thing about me and it's actually 
caused a fair amount of difficulty in my life, but I also just have to laugh about it because it's funny, is I'm an incredibly picky eater. So the stuff that I tend not to eat is like sauces and cheese and things that sort of go like on food. So when I order, you know, like a taco or a burger, whatever, and it's literally like meat and bread Mm. and they'll be like, Mm. okay, yeah, you want it plain, but like you want like a bunch of sauces on it, right? And this other stuff. No, I said plain, like meat and bread. So a lot of these food (laughs) trends I'm just kind of listening to and I'm kind of like, well, that's going to really disrupt my eating pattern uh, in general because how much more plain can I get? Um, Don't ruin it with so, sauce. <laughs> mm, yeah, you gotta, gotta, yeah, exactly. So literally, <laughs> whenever we we filmed inside like a burger place or something, they'd be like, I don't want you to show the burger that you're eating on TV because it's so small. <laughs> um, yeah. Always learn a lot from her. Also, we learn a lot from Christine Melek. We talked to her Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yesterday as well. And she joined us to chat about irrigation systems and how they work. But in this clip, we had a really great discussion on how blind people don't always understand visual systems and what items look like from a big picture. It's it's so true what you said about how we, we it's sort of awkward to admit that we don't always understand these things because in this presentation I was asking about you know these these details and he said well there's a levy and then I said mm, okay actually what that? I don't know what a levy yeah. is and, he, and then he kind of it was a sighted guy and he's a great guy but just sort of off the cuff with that thing he's like well don't you know that song and the levy the levy is dry and I'm like okay yeah but that doesn't give me yeah. any so there's all of these culture gaps right that we have and um I love AI I love AI yeah, and for this just, yeah just those things where you're embarrassed to just keep asking and keep asking for more descriptions <laughs> and now with ai you yeah. can ask it whatever the heck you want right? i'll talk to you all day uh-huh. and it doesn't laugh at you what do you mean right? asking that show me to and the it doesn't go, what do you mean? don't you know that song the levy is dry <laughs> okay that doesn't help me though <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we've more. talked about that with wind farms right because how recent have you climbed up that let's see what this thing does right? which way does it go vertically or horizontally So I want to be really clear that I'm not generalizing for all blind people. Um, However, I do think sometimes if you are born totally blind like I am, there's a a lot of stuff that you maybe take for granted or those really big picture stuff. Like, you know, what does the Hollywood Walk of Fame look like? Or what does, you know... I don't know, what do all those parts of the building look like or feel like that you don't know about, you never go into? I used to I used to try and get my hands on as much as possible. You know, what does an airplane feel like, whatever? Uh, and it can be a little bit difficult. Plus, I believe from an educational point of view, um, just talking to a vision teacher about this the other day, people learn to cover up. So instead of asking questions, mm-hmm. you kind of pretend like, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Just like Christine was saying, because people make assumptions that you know. Absolutely. And I think that one thing that is really cool about AI, I have to be honest, I have a, a really love-hate relationship with it because I think there's a lot of aspects of it that are really negative. But I think one cool thing about it is you can just keep running photos and objects and whatever Mm -hmm. through it all day, ask clarifying questions, Beth, and really get a handle on what things look like without being laughed at. 
Absolutely. And I think, um, like what you said, Grant, obviously you were born totally blind. I was someone who lost my sight as a teenager. And I remember when I went to what I call the Braille jail, I know Kelly refers to his as the blind school. Um, but when I did go to a school for the blind, there were a lot of other kids there. And I would say majority of the people that were at that school hadn't lost their vision, but had been born with the amount of sight they had like at the same at the time that we were all at school and I had so many people say to me like oh like that's so sad that must be so hard for you but I and not to rub it in <laughs> but I am very grateful that I was able to see beforehand because I did get to experience things that obviously Grant like you've never been able to experience and like I hold such a large amount of like gratitude for that because I I think that, yeah, I just think that I'm so incredibly lucky. With that being said, though, I kind of want to say, like, it's almost like we mask how, like, the same way that people with autism do. And it's like, you don't want to upset people by, you know, not being able to have the conversation that they they want to have with you, you know? Yeah, yeah so true. I, I know myself, I was very lucky. I had a parent parents that would if i was curious about something let's go walk around that even if it was a small mm -hmm. version of that airplane i you know my father and mother would find that place where i could actually kind of do that or pick up that toy or whatever and try to do the explaining i remember jj hunt who we bring on the show here once a month was doing a tour through toronto and there was a, they came across a streetcar and part of the tour they were talking about it and he referenced the cable above the streetcar and then went to move on to another thing he had to describe and the group of low vision blind people were curious about that cable. They asked them to explain a bit more. To, they didn't quite understand. What is that? Explain what it does. How does it work? How does it connect to the car? All these things. And he said, you know, I wouldn't have ever thought that would be the thing we'd spend an extra 10, 15 minutes talking about. So again, with us unable to picture some of those things, because we can't put our arms around a 747. Not yet. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's <laughs> those things we have to imagine. And Beth, I've had all sorts of names for the blind school, but if I said some of them, they won't let me back in. Uh, <laughs> Beth, thanks for joining us for Cut for Time as usual. Thanks for having me, you guys. We'll chat next week. You betcha. Uh, Grant and I will return on the other side of the break. We'll tease you a little bit about what's coming up over the weekend on AMI-TV, AMI-audio, and tell you a little bit about our show for Monday. And, of course, the closing minute. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.